it's true. Michelle and I thought to ourselves, there's gotta be a better way. Dang, dang, dang. And that's what we've been working on. And what we've come up with, I find really helpful and a little bit more practical and a little bit more obtainable for somebody who wants to keep track of their budget, but doesn't want to spend too much time on it. Sammy, yes. Do you know what gives me anxiety? Dark places. Feelings based budgeting. Feelings based budgeting. And what I mean by that, Sammy, is deciding my budget on the fly, purchase by purchase, using my feelings to dictate whether or not I should try the $6 box of butter chicken bites at Whole Foods. It's not a great strategy, because even though I get the joy of ignoring my problems, I end up trying to do off-the-cuff accounting in my head, holding some fictitious budgeting spreadsheet in my head, trying to figure out where I can cut and whether or not I have enough money, which simply results in anxiety about every single purchase. Or on the flip side, I'll just want to ignore it and I'll spend money recklessly on Amazon to soothe myself. It's just not a great place to be, but especially with our move, when we're shifting our expenses, we're shifting our lifestyle, I found myself needing a healthy budgeting practice. I completely feel you, Michelle. I know that if I go a few days spending a lot of money, the next thing you know, I'm at Walmart and I want to buy generic off-brand cleanser for myself, for my face, because I ran out. And then I think to myself, oh no, maybe I shouldn't buy it because I've been spending a lot of money. And next thing you know, I don't buy the cleanser, even though I need it. It just results in me having to buy it later, which is impractical. And that's the impractical thing about feelings-based budgeting. It doesn't have a good rhyme or reason. It's not related to the numbers. It creates a lot of anxiety. And frankly, it doesn't work at all. You both have anxiety and are not saving for your future and your future goals. That's why we are going to be talking about moving from feelings-based budgeting to values-based budgeting. Budgeting for a peace of mind. But first, we are so excited about our current partner of the podcast, AirHelp. AirHelp is so aligned with everything we talk about here, especially when it comes to personal finance and getting money back into your pocket. AirHelp is your number one air passenger rights experts. What does that mean? Let me paint a picture for you. You're about to call an Uber for your flight when you notice an update to your flight itinerary. Your flight is canceled or delayed by multiple hours. Depending on where you live, you actually have air passenger rights, where you could be compensated if your flight is unexpectedly delayed or canceled. But Sammy, I've called the airlines before trying to get this settled, and it is a cat and mouse game that is never ending. That's where AirHelp comes in. You give them your flight information, they'll go see if they can do something, get you some compensation for your inconvenience, and you only pay $24.99 if they're able to help you out. If you've been in this situation in the past three years, go to our show notes. Click our partner link and check AirHelp out. It will be a lifesaver, save you both time and potentially money. Now back to today's topic. 
budgeting for a peace of mind. The truth is, we all get anxious when we don't know how much we're spending. But that's not a strategy for building wealth. Getting anxious every time you spend money, feeling reluctant to let those dollars go, or spending more dollars because you just don't want to think about it, none of that is going to help you build wealth. It's true, Sammy. It's funny because I've never been a huge fan of budgeting. I love tracking my spending. I love seeing where my money's going. But since we've moved and our lifestyle has changed, moving from a small town to a big city, my expenses have changed, and my income has changed. I'm working a lot more this year than I was last year. I want to have a better picture of what money's coming in and what money's going out and planning a little bit in advance so that I'm not trying to do some quick calculus in my head when it comes to budgeting. I completely agree, Michelle. I've been trying to find a way to budget myself. When I first got into FIRE in 2019, I was super obsessive about tracking my spending and then figuring out exactly which categories my money went into. And then when we moved to our small town in the desert, truthfully, I just was making a lot of income and I had a lot of things automated, money going into my tax advantaged accounts, money going into my savings account. So I just didn't really pay attention to what I was spending because I knew there was no way I could be overspending. In a small town, it's very difficult to overspend. With that said, now I'm on sabbatical and I really, really care how much I'm spending. And I've been trying to find a way to track my spending and possibly even budget without having to go overboard or without having to stress myself out. It's interesting, Sammy, because we talked recently about having a scarcity mindset. And something I realized was ignoring my budget actually creates more of a scarcity mindset. Because then I feel like, oh, maybe I don't have a lot of money coming in. Oh, my expenses are going up. But I'm not actually facing the numbers. I'm not facing what's going on. And I find personally that I get a lot of peace just having that picture painted for me. There's a ton of different ways to budget. I found this awesome piece on the YNAB website. YNAB, you need a budget. YNAB, you need a budget. How to choose a budgeting strategy by Emily Hudson. She talks about trying to get her finances in order and the different ways of budgeting which she had heard about incremental budgeting, which is pretty much just eyeballing your expenses and stopping discretionary spending without any hard and fast rules. She talks about the 50-30-20 rule, where you use 50% of your income for necessary expenses, 30% for discretionary spending, and 20% for saving. And then she talks about zero-based budgeting, which is what the website, the app, YNAB, You Need a Budget is all about which is where you designate a job for each one of your dollars. So each one of your dollars that comes through your income has a place to go, whether that's going to be in your saving, whether that's going to be for groceries, whether that's going to be for rent. Each one of your dollars has an assigned job. To me, Sammy, this is a really great piece to read if you're not that familiar with budgeting or you haven't chosen a budgeting strategy for yourself. But also, Sammy and I were talking and we feel like there is another version of budgeting out there that takes a little bit of the best parts of budgeting strategies, but is still aligned with your values, which is a big thing for us. Because we really believe when it comes to building a wealthy spirit, it's building wealth in align with your values and your goals and the lifestyle that you want for yourself. So we put together some steps for what we would consider value-based budgeting. It's true. Michelle and I thought to ourselves, 
there's gotta be a better way. Dang, dang, dang. And that's what we've been working on. And what we've come up with, I find really helpful and a little bit more practical and a little bit more obtainable for somebody who wants to keep track of their budget, but doesn't want to spend too much time on it. Yeah, we don't think budgeting should be something that's painful, like you're trying to pull up spreadsheets every time you make a purchase. But at the same time, we want to make sure that you have visibility into your finances. So it's also not stressful because you can also comfortably spend in alignment with your values and cut in places where maybe you don't care as much. Step one, write down your fixed expenses. By fixed expenses, we mean expenses that come every single month and are pretty much the same every single month. That's going to be your rent, your utilities, recurring monthly costs. For me, I put on some of the things for our podcast that we have on subscription. I put my health insurance, which I now have to pay for, as a monthly expense. And I put my car insurance as a fixed expense. That's how I think about my fixed expenses too, Sammy. I'm a little bit more stringent when I like to see my fixed expenses. I think of it as things as If I did nothing else this month, I didn't eat, I just laid on my couch and waited for my bills to come in, those bills are still coming. And for me, those are my utilities, insurance, those type of costs, which knowing my fixed expenses gives me a peace of mind because I know baseline how much income I need to bring in to balance out my bare bone expenses. So it's really just nice to know, okay, every month I need to bring in, say, $1,700. And if I do that, I'm at least netting out to zero. Or in my case, every month I'm going to use from my savings this much money, and that's how much I need. I feel like that's where you have the most peace of mind. And it really gives you a sense of like which of your expenses are high, and if there's places that you can cut down in the future. And this is the place where if something can change, this is actually the place where you're going to get the most bang for your buck. Because usually these costs can be the most expensive. Your rent, if you have a car payment, those are going to be your most expensive expenses. And if you are choosing to live in a higher cost place, it's good to acknowledge that to yourself. For example, Michelle and I live in what some may call, the website calls, A luxury apartment. (laughs) And let me tell you, compared to where we were living before, it is a luxury. There's a pool. There's free coffee. They have monthly events. There's a gym. We can drink the water, which is a luxury for us. The water probably would have been at any apartment complex that we were going to go to. I'm just saying it's a luxury item. (laughs) The fridge has a water dispenser and an ice dispenser. It's crazy. And we did pay a little bit more for that. We acknowledge that. We're not lying to ourselves saying that, oh, we got our housing cost as low as we can. No, we wanted our housing cost to be a little bit nicer because both of us are home all day. We can actually use the amenities. The people at the apartment complex know that very well. We are happy (laughs) to come get coffee shamelessly at any time of the day. For us, this was worth it. We out here. And once again, it's with our values. Sammy and I had a big conversation about this when we were looking at apartments. We were a little bit stressed, quite frankly, because we were like, should we be really sensitive about a one, two, three hundred dollar monthly difference? We decided that if we got the things that we wanted, a safe place, nice amenities, those would all be worthwhile to us. So we had a list of what we were looking for. And when we found it, we were willing to spend a little bit extra on it. And maybe that's not where you're at. For example, when we were in the saving part of our journey, we were happy to live in the middle of nowhere because we could have cheap rent and a high income. We were happy to live with our parents 
because they let us live for free and we were able to build wealth that way. Every situation is different, but just be very clear with yourself so that you're being honest about what you're doing. Oh, yeah. If you can live with roommates, do it. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And it's great to tap into that. Exactly. If you're young and you're like, I don't mind living with roommates, take advantage of that nice, optimistic mindset and live with a few people. Make your rent cheap. (laughs) Step two, track your spending. This is the most important step. This is the step that was the first step on my journey of a thousand miles. And that is track your spending. This is so important for anybody's personal finance journey. And I think for me, a core reason I ever have anxiety about money, it's because I'm not facing the numbers. Don't guess. Take a look at what you're actually spending. You can go deep, look at the past year, month over month, or you can just look at the past month. But do something so that you can get a realistic look at what your spending is. Do I want to admit that I bought a dining table, a new shirt, pumpkin tea? No. But those are all real cost from last month. It's true. We can't guess what we're spending. There are so many times I've helped people with their budget and we're like, how much do you think you're spending on groceries? $200 a month? And then it's actually like $800 a month. Humans are off. Like we're just completely off about what we're spending. And that's why tracking your spending is so important, especially if you're trying to be mindful about your money. Now that I'm on sabbatical, Tracking my spending is the only thing that keeps me sane. I actually track my spending weekly now that I'm on sabbatical so that I can see on average how much am I spending in my different categories. And high level for me, how I do this is I have a spreadsheet set up. I literally just go to my bank page, look at my statement, copy and paste it and pop it into a spreadsheet that's aligned with the categories on my statement. And then I clean it up a little bit. I might make subcategories. I like to say, okay, this is eating out. This was a trip with my friends. This is my car bill. And it's super easy to just grab those numbers and then start to do a little bit of addition and subtraction and see how much you're spending on each category. Once you do this, you'll start to see where you're often spending. For example, you probably are spending on groceries every week or every month. On average, how much are you spending? For me, I spend on going to eat out with friends or going out with friends. How much is that on average? I usually once a week or once every two weeks will have some sort of house need or like hygiene need, like buying body wash or buying dishwasher soap. And that will usually come up every few weeks. So how much I spend on that? It's good to see how much you spend on those expenses that occur every month. Ballpark. Once you have those numbers, the really cool thing is that's when you can start to predict your future spending. So we don't necessarily think you have to make a really strict budget, but if you know your prior spending habits and you know what type of things might be popping up, let's say an event, a wedding, a trip, you can start to pretty accurately predict what you're going to spend in the next month. For me, I start with taking my total fixed expenses. That's my rent. That's my health insurance. For me, that's about $1,600 to $1,700. Then I take those other expenses, the expenses I get from tracking my spending, and I estimate how much that is, how much that is in each category on average, and then how much that is total. For me, that total can come to like $1,000 or maybe up to $3,000 depending on what's going on, but I have a ballpark idea of how much I'm spending in a month. And after all of that, Sammy, 
we think it's so important to then look and see how does your spending match up with your values. And this is an important step because this will show you where you have the opportunity to make changes. For example, right now my expenses for groceries and eating out are a little bit higher than I would like them to be. I do enjoy going out and spending time with my friends. However, I don't really like eating out when I just forgot to plan a meal or I didn't cook. So I know that if I plan my meals before I go shopping and I plan what I'm going to cook for the week, I can both eat a healthy diet, which is really important to me, and I can avoid begging Sammy to stop at Chick-fil-A on our way back from yoga. It's so true. Now, one thing I have to say, Michelle, is since I've been on my sabbatical, my spending has aligned much more closely with my values. Oh. In September, I was spending a little bit more on home items than my average, buying things to organize my things, buying furniture. Because of that, my home expenses were higher than I normally like. I knew that in October that would probably come down, but when I tracked my expenses, I confirmed that yes, it did come down. And looking at my October expenses, I can say that it really aligns with my values. I'm spending money on food. I really care about eating healthy and I wasn't able to cook as much before, so I'm really happy that I'm actually spending on groceries and less on eating fast food. I'm spending money hanging out with friends. Socializing was one of my main goals for my sabbatical, creating a community. So the fact that I'm spending on friends, to me, is a good thing. Those things bring me joy too, Sammy. Let me tell you something that doesn't bring me joy. I'm looking at my car insurance, which has gone up $20 a month, which I have spoken to them before about. But now I have it highlighted red on my budget sheet. Because if I can bring that down, that'll make a big impact because it's high on my fixed expenses. So car insurance, you're going to be getting a call from me this week. Watch out. She's feisty. She's been complaining about this. Personally, I don't think her car insurance bill is that high, but it is always good to call and see if you can get a cheaper deal because usually with car insurance, you can get it cheaper. Another thing that I love that will be on my budget soon is ClassPass. Again, not a sponsor for this podcast. We will link to our referral code because we literally mention them almost like every other episode nowadays. To be honest, we've been telling everybody in town about ClassPass. Hopefully we'll have enough referrals to last us a year because we are huge fans. I'm actually currently on the free trial, but next month I'll be paying for ClassPass and I will happily be doing so because I have been attending a lot of classes and a lot of people I've been meeting are also on ClassPass so we can go together and I'm knocking out two birds exercising and socializing together with one stone. So consider your values and look at your budget. Takeaways. So takeaways for this episode. Budgeting can give you a peace of mind and there are a lot of options for it. We'll link to the piece from You Need a Budget if you're looking for different ways or you can take a page from our book which really takes the best parts of budgeting but makes it aligned to your values. We don't have a bias but we use ours. And that would be, number one, writing down what are your fixed expenses. What are those recurring monthly expenses? Number two, tracking your spending. What's your other spending? How much do you spend on groceries? How much do you spend on going out? How much do you spend on Amazon? Track those and see on average how much you're spending. Three, predict your future spending. Using the first two, you can get an average of how much you should be spending And that is our 
simple, easy budget. That helps you know whether you went over or under so that you can keep an eye on things and fix things that need to be fixed. And lastly, and most importantly, evaluate your spending and see if that matches your values. Exactly. And Sammy, because this is about having a peace of mind with budgeting, I also want to remind everybody that when you're doing things like tracking your spending, budgeting, thinking about your future, it's good to go in without criticizing yourself. This is not an exercise to be like, oh, I'm spending too much money on butter chicken bites. No. Yes, the packet was a little bit small and you're not sure you're going to buy it again, but at least now you have a better sense of how you want to stay focused on your groceries. The point is that you probably weren't perfect with your budget before. Nobody really ever is, but the goal is to have a plan in place so that you can do some guilt-free spending moving forward. Community time! Before we say goodbye, it's our community time! Community time! And speaking of places where you can do things for free and places that are also so fun, This week, Michelle and I went to the library, and Michelle got her library card. Oh my god. Okay, guys. Let me tell you a little story here. Sammy tells me she wants to go to the library to get a library card. I think that's great. She gathers her mail. I gather my mail. We both go there. They split us up. Probably they knew ahead of time that (laughs) that would need to happen. Keep in mind, I just came out from my job, looking great. Sam's rolled out of bed. Uh, <laughs> I don't work. I didn't roll out of bed, but you couldn't tell by looking at me. Which is totally fine, except I'm filling out my form, and all of a sudden, Sammy pops down next to me. <laughs> and I look at her, and I say, hey, what's going on? She's like, they didn't give me the card. It's not like I had been banned. I just put my driver's license in my mini purse, because I was using that to go to dinner, and then I forgot to move it back to my big purse. You know how it is. Then she leans over (laughs) and she goes, don't forget to put me as your proxy so I can check out books under your name. Is it a crime? I want to be able to check out books and clearly I'm not going to get a library card today. I'm looking at the lady like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, okay, uh, give me a second. (laughs) Then I give the woman my form and she she asks if we have any questions. And that's when Sammy starts really doubling down. I had some questions. Mind you, this girl still has not been approved for a library card. <laughs> she looks at the woman and she's like, so outside of books and audiobooks, what can you check out here? The library often has a lot of features that are available outside of library books and outside of audiobooks, which I wanted to know about. So the woman confused is like, oh, well, we have a lot of like online things like Ancestry.com or different databases you can have access to. Sammy, unimpressed, is like, what about tools? And the woman goes, I'm sorry? She's like, what about tools? And the lady's like, oh, what kind of tools? She's like, power tools. <laughs> like a drill. The thing is, there are libraries out there. She seemed unfamiliar with this concept. But there are <laughs> libraries out there that'll let you rent like a table saw or different tools that you might need for your home. You can rent it and you can bring it back. Turns out, yes, you can get like a hotspot and things like that. Hotspot is so basic these days but i'm also grateful that hotspots can be rented meanwhile she's kind of looking around like there's a lot of kids here you know she's got a lot of comments sammy and i'm just like oh my gosh this girl is never getting approved for a library card then sammy wasn't done yet she's like do you guys have any discounts (laughs) any coupons anything like that (laughs) and then the woman's really perplexed she's like what 
this is like discounts. You have like discounts on anything. And the woman's like frantically looking on the website, trying to see if she can appease this woman without a library card yet. <laughs> Apparently, they do have a Friends of the Library book sale where you can buy books for one or two dollars. That's awesome. That's definitely not what I was talking about. Um, many libraries have discounts for local museums and things like that. They don't have that here. So I think I found my next nonprofit job, and that's working at the library to bring more resources to our community. I just feel bad for the young woman helping us. They may not hire me anymore. Oh, they're definitely not hiring you. You would be lucky to get a card, and I'm definitely taking off with my proxy. Shoutouts from our community. We have some great comments on our Substack, buildawealthyspirit.com. You can leave comments there. You can engage with us. We always love to hear from you. Sophie, a woman who may or may not be our mother, wrote, What a smart way to bring in thoughts become actions. Actions bring results. Can be used for employee team building exercises. Great writing as usual. Thank you, woman who may or may not be our mother. On top of that, shout out to Josh. You know, Josh is really such a great staple in our comment section. I always love his thoughtful comments. And he really felt the synchronicity this time around. He wrote, freaking A, man. The synchronicities are off the chain here. I gave up on student loans, getting forgiven, so I paid off my loan. Got me rethinking about my identity, who I want to be, what actions I'm taking. I can immediately think of things I'm doing that are or not in alignment right now. Got some journaling to do. I also appreciate reading Josh's comments. He's on the sabbatical journey with us. And so it's just nice to see someone else going through similar things. He talks about how that led him to start looking for a job, which is not necessarily, it sounds like what he wants, but that was a signal he sent into the universe, which aligned with our What Are You Telling the Universe episode. So I just saw all the connections there and I can really relate to what he was saying. You know, a lot of times the right thing comes to us and we can acknowledge what we need. So Josh, wishing you the best. Thank you for leaving us a comment. Thank you, Sophie, mother. We appreciate you as well. Let us know what you think about this episode. We'd love to hear from you. If you have strategies for budgeting, we'd love to hear it. Are you a budget fan? Do you hate budgets? We want to know. Buildawealthyspirit.com. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you're thinking and we'll chat with you next time. And most importantly, be sure to join us next week as we put down the rule book and we rethink the status quo. Music